You're listening to the Hope Community Church Podcast. Um, So this is the final week of our discipleship audit. The final week of asking ourselves some challenging questions. Hopefully you've been provoked. Hopefully you've been inspired and encouraged to dig a little bit deeper and maybe, just maybe, set yourself some goals for the coming year. I don't know if you like doing that kind of thing. I don't know if you're quite cynical when it comes to those kind of things. I like to set myself some challenges each year of all shapes, forms, and the other. Next year, I'm challenging myself to do a year without processed sugar. That's what I'm doing. That's what I'm going to do. We'll see how it goes. I'd like to grow a mullet for a year as well. But I don't know the wife's going to let me. But uh, I might have a mullet for December and see how we get on. Um, so watch this space. Shaved head for January. Uh, but maybe you like some goals. Maybe you like some targets. Maybe you like those challenges. I think we can all do with them sometimes. And you know, just have an honest look with where we are in our discipleships. The whole point of this audit is to see where we are, where we're going, what we could do, what we could do without, what we could add to, what we can learn, all those kinds of things. And I'm, I'm actually excited about this audit and taking it into next year, unpacking it a little bit more, making things a bit more practical for us on a Sunday morning and during some midweek stuff as well. And I'm excited to see God do some deep work in us and through us, shaping us and molding us. We've just sang it. We've just sang it. And we've declared it. We've prayed it. Now it's his turn to do some work in us. We've surrendered ourselves. We continue to surrender ourselves. And let's just watch this space. And that excites me. That excites me. Maybe... As we jump into the Christmas playlist next year and you get caught away in the Christmas festivities and you've got no room to talk because your face is full of mince continuously, maybe in the quietness of eating those mince pies, you can reflect over the last five weeks and prayerfully decide some goals. Prayerfully decide some aims, some expectations. And and I said last week, if we only choose to change little things, over time, they impact us more. Incremental changes. With repeated, repeated, get bigger and deeper in us. So it doesn't have to be something massive. Maybe, it may be, just maybe, if you've never started the Bible from cover to cover, January the 1st, open your Bible. Genesis 1. Install an app, the Bible in one year with Nikki Gumbel is really, really good. Loads of apps on new version, the Bible in one year, really, really good. Something like that. If you've never done that, maybe it's a good time to do it. If you've never, you know, made a little time each day to journal, do something like that. Spend some time in your journal once a week at first and see how you go. Just little changes. As I said, I don't expect you to turn up here in January with a full-on, I don't know what they're called, but I'm going to call it a dressing gown like a monk. What do they wear? Habit? Yeah, it's a habit, yeah. 
Start a habit. Don't wear one. Ba-boom! <laughs> Thanks, Darren. <laughs> so, there we are. Before we any, go any further, let's pray this prayer the last time together. Zach, if you could put it over for me. Let's pray this out together. Father, we are here before you. Search us. Father, we are here before you. Help us. Give us insight into our lives that only you can see. Give us the courage to be honest with ourselves. Give us the wisdom and the strength for change. Guide us, Lord, to health in not our... Amen. <laughs> I'll put my glasses on now. So, um, week five. Let's look at what I believe... Uh, maybe I did this the wrong way in the five weeks, but I believe this to be one of the most valuable areas of life that we can all have as disciples. You know, as, as disciples, we follow Jesus. We are apprentices of Jesus. We do what he did in order to become more like him. If one of my boys goes off to be an apprentice for a plumber, I expect at some point he knows how to fix a tap. At some point, he'll know how to do those copper pipe things and all that kinds of stuff. He's been an apprentice to a plumber, so therefore, he should look like a plumber. If we are apprentices to Jesus, at some point, we should look like Jesus, not just with your beard, John. <laughs> Life change, impact in us, something of us should resemble the one that we follow, the one that we choose to learn from. As apprentices of Jesus... We should follow him. The Apostle Paul was an apprentice to Jesus. And he really talks about Jesus a lot through the whole of the New Testament. He bigs him up and he talks about him in Philippians 2, verse 6. Who being in very nature God. This is Jesus. Paul talking about Jesus saying, in his very nature was God. He did not consider equality with God something to use to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. Next slide, please. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death on a cross. Jesus stepped down from being God. He emptied himself to become man. He postured himself. He positioned himself to serve mankind to the point of giving his own life for us. He emptied himself and even his life. Jesus humbled himself to serve. And you could easily say that if Jesus didn't have the heart to serve, if it wasn't for his humility, then there would be no sacrifice, there would be no gospel, and we wouldn't be here. It was his greatest strength. Next slide, Zach. The posture of a disciple, the position of a disciple is one of humility. Jesus is our greatest example and one we should follow. Paul encourages us to do the same. I've lost my spot. So, humility at work in our lives looks like this. 
that we walk with an understanding that we need God. Have you got a handout, by the way? You all got a handout that was on the door? You can scribble on there as you go. Good, 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 good. It's like bingo. Heads down. Humility at work in our lives looks like this, that we walk with an understanding that we need God. That underneath all of it, there is, I need God, without him, I cannot do this thing. We need God. That's what humility looks like. We need God. And also that we walk with a heart that is willing to serve others and a heart that's willing to learn. That's willing to learn. And so humility is best defined as this. Next slide. You're doing a great job, Zach. A servant heart and a teachable spirit. That's what humility looks like on display in each one of us. A servant heart and a teachable spirit. And as a disciple, there's no room in any of us for arrogance. Arrogance says that I'm better than you and I know everything. Humility says, I'm here to serve you and I can learn something from you. Pride is the enemy of humility. That slide, please. And God can't work with pride. As Peter writes in 1 Peter 5, verse 5, clothe yourselves with humility towards one another because God opposes the proud but show favours to the humble. God can work with any humble heart. Anybody that is humble enough to come to him with that, I need God. I want to serve him and I want to learn. He can work with anybody and can do some incredible things in people's lives with a humble heart. It's our attitude and our actions that honour God. It's humility that removes pride. It's our fallen nature that causes us, can cause us to think that we are better than we are, that we can look around and think we're better than them. And then that causes us to strive to lift ourselves above others and God. A posture of a servant heart and a teachable spirit will always keep us in the right place. And I think it's really important really important that we recognize ourselves as servants, that we are servants before anything else. Almost that to be a servant, being a servant is part of our, 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 our identity. When we identify ourselves as a servant, we do what a servant does. A servant serves. A servant will look to serve. And if you try and add on service as a, an extra activity, just, just like a five-minute journal each week, if you add service on like that extra activity, it doesn't fit in, it won't fit in. When you take the idea of a servant, it follows you wherever you go. A number of years ago, I visited the rooms, Narcotics, Narcotics Anonymous, AA Anonymous, Gamblers Anonymous, they've got rooms for everybody and they do a great job. But one thing that I struggled with, actually writing about it when I was at Bible school, was this, that when you're in a meeting, before you say anything, you say, my name's Liam and I'm an addict. My name's Liam and I'm an addict. My name's Liam and I'm an addict. 
And I got out of prison, and I'd not used drugs for quite some time, and I went into rooms, and my name's Liam, and I'm an addict. I wore this label of an addict. Eventually, I relapsed. Why? I identified as an addict. I did what an addict did. And so I had this badge over my head. And it's the one thing that I wrestled with in my dissertation at Bible school. That those who are in Christ are new creations. Uh, and I believe that wholeheartedly, believe that. I cannot stand in a room now and say, my name's Lim and I'm an addict. Because I'm not. I don't identify as an addict. It's, in, it, it's important what we identify as. I mean, that's a whole new thing out there right now, isn't it? But we need to identify ourselves as servants. We need to make sure that it is part of who we are so it doesn't just become something that we add on as an extra, but it's something that we live out wholeheartedly. Has a lead come out at the back, guys? Can you make them? Poor Zach and Libby are looking puzzled at the computer. There we go. Back on. Go to the bottom of the screen. Go across. There you go. Pro, pro. <laughs> Thank you, guys. You're doing a great job. Over, over. Click. Oh, it shut down. Did it? Anyway. Yay! Well done, guys. Well done. Zach is to Libby today. Doing a great job. A servant looks for serve to serve. A servant looks for opportunity for no other motivation but to serve because they identify as a servant. When you have the identity of a servant, it follows you wherever you go, whatever your room, whatever environment you walk into, not just a church setting. There's no job too big, no job too small, just simply happy to serve, happy to help, happy to get on with it. It doesn't strive for only the best jobs with the most accolade, the most to gain. It quietly goes about getting on with it for no, no glory, no recognition, for no honour, just to serve. I'm happy to serve. And Jesus lived out his love. It wasn't just his words, he lived it out by what he did and how he did it as a servant. Our whole motivation to serve is the gospel. Loving others where they are in demonstration of God's love. It's not what I do, but what he has done for me. I want to return it in any shape or form that I can. I want to tell people about Jesus as much as I can. And nine times out of ten, people will listen to my actions more than my words. We are made to serve others. It brings a sense of purpose in our lives, a sense of fulfillment in our hearts when we serve. Now, please don't think that this is some recruiting sermon for the church, okay? This isn't to find up to the welcome team. I'm more than grateful to so many people who get up each week, who throughout the week, each serve the church in so many areas so well. I'm forever grateful. Forever. 
and I know that there are many of you in the room and watching online that you serve others around you every single day. You don't need to get on the tea and coffee rotor to demonstrate it. This isn't a recruiting drive. There is always a need in church. Always. More hands throughout all the in the church. And there's ministries waiting to be birthed in the church by those that have got a heart for it. You may be sat on it. Why doesn't the church do this? Why doesn't the church do that? Well, God is waiting for you to do it. Service is key to our discipleship. It's part of who we are. It's part of our growth. It's part of our maturation. Maturation, is that a word? No? Maturation. Should it? Just maturation. George, is it a word? Thanks. You either, you either look to serve others or you expect others to serve you. If you expect others to serve you when you walk in a room, then you have a very warped, strange idea of who you are and how important you are. Pride, that's called pride. And pride believes you are more than you are. You are inflated. You are overinflated. Pride believes you are somehow superior to those around you because of a title or because of some sense of perceived authority or even the shoes that you wear. Pride will keep you relying on yourself. And when you are self-reliant like this, you become blind to your own spiritual growth. In effect, you become your own God and you edge God out. Ego. When you're full of pride, you have a big ego. When you have a big ego, you edge God out. God is simply pushed to the side as you sit on your own throne and lord it over others in some way. I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen in church. And I know many others have. We need to be real. We need to be honest. Humility is being honest with who we are. Who you are. Humility is knowing that you can do, knowing what you can do and what you can't do. It's not about pretending to be anything else. Jesus calls this hypocrisy and he calls it out to the religious leaders throughout the Gospels. They're full of these warnings to the religious leaders. They put on this exterior that doesn't reflect the reality of who they are. They all pretend to be more than they are, to be high and mightier than they are. Humility is being honest. Being honest about who God has made you to be and gifted you to be. If you think about it, when we, when we are full of pride or we're, we're inflating ourselves, when we're pretending to be somebody that we're not, we're actually doing a disservice to who God created us to be. We're rejecting that person. We're rejecting. We're made in the image of Christ and we're rejecting it. I want to be someone else. I want to walk around like someone else. And God's saying, just be yourself. He's probably laughing at you at the same time and going, you donut. We don't need people pretending to be someone that they're not. 
Humility is being honest about who God has made you to be and gifted you to be. Humility is admitting our achievements and our mistakes. Humility is admitting that what we have is God's. Humility is accepting that God has given you gifts to use and you have a responsibility to nurture those gifts that you have, to develop them and to put them to use for Him. And this is where the teachable spirit comes into place. You can be the most gifted person in the world. You can have degrees coming out of your ears. But if you haven't got the heart of a servant and a teachable spirit, it's game over. It will be hard for anyone to grow as a disciple without humility. God wants our obedience. He wants our love. He wants our trust. We cannot do that when we are full of pride, when we're full of ourselves. It's the humility that enables us to be teachable and willing to have a servant heart. It allows us to be accountable to others and to be honest with ourselves. Sometimes we just have to bring it before God. We have to bring our will before God in order for him to take it away from us and allow the Holy Spirit to break us down, to break our pride down, to humble ourselves, to remove those parts of us that get in the way. Sometimes we need to be humble. Serving and learning will always keep us humble. I wonder when was the last time you started to learn something that you didn't know. A new skill. A new area, I don't know. Picked up a book about some subject that you've never wondered about, but maybe just wanted to learn. Just in those simplest things of, I'm going to learn how to cook, I'm going to learn how to bake. It teaches us how to be humble when you've burnt your Yorkshire puddings for the 20th time. Just a little skill. Never stop learning. Never. There's always an opportunity to learn something else. Grow some tomatoes. Farm fish. Not you, Sue, don't worry. I don't know. Learn how to cook vegan food. (laughs) An area they go, no. No. Start a pig farm then. Sausages every day. There is something about learning that keeps us humble. Whatever it is, find it. Find something that interests you. Away from church, away from discipleship, and nurture your own heart and your own well-being. And it will feed into the rest of the areas of your life. I wonder what we could be learning next year. What is it that you could have a go at? When was the last time you learned a new skill, joined a new club, got into amateur dramatics? Or, I don't know, the worship team. Have a go, learn. Be humble enough to go, I can't do this, but I want to have a go. I want to learn. It's good for us. And it adds something to us as people. At least 
bring something to a conversation. I don't want to look at photos of your dogs for 25 minutes. <laughs> when was the last time that you got involved with something to help out for no other reason but just to serve? A local community event, volunteering at a local school, a dinner lady. Remember those? They even allowed anymore. A local charity shop. Just to serve, to, to be of use. It keeps us humble. There is something about maintaining a servant heart, learning lifestyle that keeps us in this place of humility. The challenge for all of us as we look forward to 2022 and ask ourselves some questions is this. How can I serve? Where can I serve? Who can I serve? What can I learn? Where can I learn? Who can I learn from? I'm, I've been really grateful uh, for, for Zoom. Not all the time. But Zoom has enabled me to uh, get quite a good relationship with a local church pastor who has, he's done it and he's seen it and he's got the t-shirt and he's done it ten times over. And I've been able to glean from him. He's been able to challenge me. He's been able to ask me some deep questions. We've been able to have some really quality time just over Zoom and over a coffee and I've been able to learn from him and his wisdom around situations, around church, around ministry, around life and family and all those kinds of things. I'm really, really grateful for him. Who are you looking to, to learn? Who can you learn from in the coming year? What gifts do you have that you can develop? How can you grow in this area in the coming year? Ask yourself these questions. And there is no doubt that whatever you choose to do, if whatever you set yourself to do, you will be the better for it. And we will be the better for it. And actually, if you look back in the last five weeks, there's probably enough for the next five years. Pick up just some little things. And humility is the foundation of all of it. Humility will take you to a place in devotion and go, actually, I need to grow. I need to learn. I need to change. Humility is in the potter's hands. We sang it. Humility will keep you in his hands, in a place of surrender, saying, use me, mould me, guide me, shape me. Whether it is our identity, our prayer life, our study, whether it is our relationships with each other, or whether it is our devotion to God, there is areas of growth for all of us. To grow in all these areas, humility plays an integral role, and it starts with a dependence on God. Our spiritual growth takes time, and it's important that we don't minimise what God can do as he works through a humble servant dependent on him. The, the, the best thing that we can do is keep coming back to him with a humble heart and a teachable spirit. To grow as a disciple of Jesus, humble heart, servant heart, teachable spirit. We can do anything 
We have a servant heart and a teachable spirit. Let's stand. I'm going to invite the worship team to come back and close with oceans, if you can. There's a, there's a lyric in the song that they're going to sing. Can you put it up, Zach, the lyrics to Oceans, please, the last song. Go to the next one. Go to the next one. Sound like I'm playing Countdown. <laughs> and a continent. Next one. A vowel. And a vowel. This one. There's a prayer in this. Kind of dangerous when you look at these words. But there's also, there's also a challenge. Spirit, lead me. Spirit, lead me. I'm not going to lead myself. I'm going to let you lead me. Wherever you would call me. This time next year, some of you might be in Botswana. Who knows? If that's your prayer, I'm not, I'm not looking at you, Amy, like you're going to a Botswana, don't worry. You looked really scared there. Although, I think you would love it. Wherever you would call me, you will go wherever God wants to take you if you are humble enough to surrender your life to him. My faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Saviour. There's a challenge each one of us. Maybe this is our prayer for 2022. Maybe we can sign off before we could jump into our Christmas series with this prayer. There's a challenge maybe for each one of us. God will do incredible things with your life. Scripture says he will do far more in your life than you could ask or imagine. It starts with surrender. It starts with humility. Father, thank you for your goodness that we can trust you, that we can give you our lives, that we can surrender ourselves, that we can be clay in your hands. And we know there's no better place to be. So we're going to sing and proclaim. We pray, Lord, that you would use us for your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. You're listening to the Hope Community Church Podcast.